A pedestrian was struck by a vehicle in Rexdale yesterday, and that pedestrian is going to be charged. She is facing a charge of failing to use a crosswalk, and uh, she's got a bit of a a fine ahead of her. We're joined now by uh, Constable Clint Stibby. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. So this uh, charge of failing to use a crosswalk, how often is this handed out? Oh, I haven't run the stats, but this isn't the first time that type of charge has been issued. Uh, the reality is that uh, some pedestrians are charged based on the uh, information and evidence that's presented to the officer at the time they arrive on the scene. I mean, it's very common that the driver is charged, too. So, you know, to I, I'm a little surprised that this is catching so much traction from multiple media outlets because, mm-hmm. you know, what would be the difference if I said the driver was charged? Okay, yeah, you know, people happy, hey, yeah. Well, I think people expect the driver to be charged because you hit the person with your car. Um, But we don't expect to hear that a person is charged because it's very rare that you'll hear of people being ticketed. I mean, we watch it all the time, Clint, downtown Toronto, people not using crosswalks, people not crossing at lights, just, you know, jaywalking. And there's never, it doesn't seem like we ever hear that they get charged. But in this incident, I mean, this woman was hit by a car. Absolutely. And I I agree that this person was hit by a car. I can't get into the details of what led up to the collision, but we Mm -hmm. are talking about uh, Highway 27, this particular area. The speed limit's uh, 70 kilometers per hour. It's uh, six lane roads, uh, three three north, three southbound. Uh, You know, really, it it is a dangerous place to cross, to say the least, Uh, just based on speed alone. Anything over 30 kilometers per hour, the chances of a person being killed after being struck by a car goes higher and higher to the point where at 60 kilometers per hour, it's pretty much a fatality. So the reality is this person is very lucky to be alive. Um, They did suffer serious but non-life-threatening injuries. And again, based on the information that the officer received and the evidence that they determined from the investigation, they felt that uh, to proceed with uh, laying of a charge against this individual was the most appropriate course of action. But I want to point one thing out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like we announced this. Uh, a question gets asked to us very often. There was a collision last night. Can you tell us if the driver was charged? If th- this is just you're asking us, we're telling you. It's not like we're putting out a press release to say, hey, right. we charge a pedestrian. That's not the case at all. The reality is, um, if you were to call me and ask me if somebody's been charged or somebody's been arrested in a collision, we'll tell you. I'm not going to hide it. It's, you know, fact is a fact. It, it occurs. But I need everybody to recognize that the charge is probably the least of this person's worries. The reality is that this person suffered substantial injury as a result of being struck by a motor vehicle in, in a situation that perhaps, well, I'm not going to say perhaps, that would have been avoided should different decisions have been made. Keeping in mind that Although there is no law that says you have to cross, uh, or sorry, that you can't cross mid-block, the circumstances of this particular collision uh, led the officer to begin the charge process of a pedestrian failing to use a crosswalk. And is that for the driver's sake? I mean, because the driver remained on scene and wasn't charged, and that seems like an odd uh, thing to say. But does it give the driver a little bit of, uh, you know, clearly they're going to be messed up because this person's been taken to the hospital. But does it give them a little bit of a peace of mind to say, oh, okay, well, it really wasn't my fault. It really does. They've laid a charge, so it really does allow me to say I I couldn't do anything about it. Like, it was out of my hands. So we have to keep in mind that we as a service don't look at fault. We look at causal factors meaning what led up to this collision. We're not saying that uh, the driver couldn't have made a mistake. Uh, We're not saying that it's all on the pedestrian. But when the officer's faced with certain evidence and they've made a decision now to proceed with those charges, there's something in the investigation that has put them on that path. We, when we go, we go as an impartial individual. We don't go with the intent that, hey, you know, we're going to charge the driver. Because the reality is if we do that, uh, or even pedestrian or driver, with that intent before we even get there, 
we're not doing a proper investigation. So the officer has to speak to witnesses, uh, video if any, conversation with the involved, uh, driver and passengers and uh, uh, cycle, or sorry, pedestrians. You know, they have to take everything into totality and then make an assessment based on that. So the difference is that they're making an informed uh, decision based on the information that they've received. So is this relatively common when we hear about somebody, you know, uh, I mean, it's just a horrible thing. I, as a driver, I would just, it was, it's a devastating thing to happen. Uh, as a pedestrian, you never want to be hit by a car. But is it often that people are fine, the pedestrian is fine when there's an accident? Um, see, we have to be careful how we say often because that's that's a relative term. Okay. I can say that the charge is late, uh, but there are multiple pedestrian-related offenses that are uh, uh, pedestrians face charges for in relations to collisions, but not just collisions, actions that they may take at an intersection, disobeying the uh, flashing hands, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So uh, can I say that pedestrians are charged for offenses? Yes, I can. Can I say, is it often? Well, again, that's a relative term. We, on average, see around about 2,000 pedestrian-involved collisions per year. Uh, Can I say what percentage of those pedestrians are charged? I think would be an unfair question. If we started to hand out tickets, though, to pedestrians, just, you know, say we had a a ticketing campaign and we started to hand out tickets for um, offenses, do you think that some of the pedestrians would be shocked that the things that they're doing are actually a finable offense? You know what, I, th- I think it would uh, maybe raise awareness to complacency in the sense that an individual that consistently does the same thing every day, putting themselves at risk, may, this person may have done the same action for years, never had a problem, and there was never a consequence for an action. But uh, as the laws go, and I mean Newton's law, for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction. Every action that a driver or a pedestrian makes on the roadway or a cyclist results in some sort of reaction by some other part of the roadway, whether it's something moving, uh, meaning a pedestrian, cyclist, or driver, uh, that something is going to react based on an action. I've seen video after video of one thing occurring, something else happening, maybe a collision resulting from three different things occurring prior to this happening. So we do see a reaction to an action. And in this particular case, that person was struck by a vehicle. But based on information received from officer, by the officer at the scene, as well as evidence, uh, they felt that it was appropriate to begin the process for laying the charges. I know you can't give us too much information, but if the, in the case of, of this person who was hit and taken to the hospital, why? now I'm asking you to give me information, but I'll try and rephrase it uh, as I, okay. as I uh, you know, utter this actual question. But isn't it enough that they were hit by a car? to learn a lesson. I mean, the fine that comes with uh, um, failing to use a crosswalk is $35 plus their charges brings it to 50 bucks. Would they have not learned their lesson at the car hitting them? So let me, let me give you an example from something that I experienced a number of years ago. Uh, I was in 51 division. I was called to a cyclist-struck collision. And uh, when I felt bad for the cyclist. I truly did. They were in bad shape when I went to the hospital. They were able to communicate with me. So we had a conversation. And but the intent was to charge the cyclists with sailing to yield coming out of a driveway because the car had come through the uh, past the driveway and they pulled out in front and they were struck by that vehicle. They suffered a lot of injury as a result. But after the conversation I had with the individual that was involved, I had no choice but to lay the charge based on their perspective, what they believe happened and where they thought fault or not fault, the causal factors laid. The reality is, in some cases, the driver makes a mistake. In some cases, the pedestrian or cyclist makes a mistake, Mm -hmm. and we charge as necessary. What we need to recognize is that the charge is a side issue. The individual's bigger concern, I guess you could say, is their well-being. 
And the reality is, if we can do anything to prevent a collision from occurring, and, you know, even though we're talking about this now, it may make that one person think about it and say, oh, you know what, maybe I should use a crosswalk or maybe I should be more careful crossing the road. Drivers being aware that these types of things do happen, reduce your speeds. You know, this, this is a big, part of a bigger conversation. And by having this conversation, there's drivers out there that are listening on their radios. There's pedestrians that are listening on their iPhones or Android phones. If, I can implore you, be aware that anytime you're on a road and you have multiple different groups using that road, there's going to be conflict. If there's a conflict, in some cases it may result in injury or death. That's where everybody needs to work together. And again, it's not about rubbing salt in the wound. It's about doing our job. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, not everybody will agree with us laying charges. But unfortunately, in some cases, it is warranted. And in this case, the officer felt it was. You know, Clint, you asked me, you know, you couldn't believe that this is becoming a big media story. I think the reason why it's becoming a media story isn't the whole uh, look at the cops rubbing salt in the wound. I think it it speaks to uh, drivers feeling like they are the only ones that are um, expected to accept responsibility for how they act and react on the roadways. And I think we, we're dealing with a group of people that are, you know, trying to be responsible, um, feeling like they're being demonized for, you know, just performing a right, which is, you know, they were, you know, just driving their car. And, you know, most of us adhere to the laws. And I think they're looking at people, you know, pedestrians getting really, you know, gutsy and, you know, crossing wherever they want right now and cyclists not adhering to laws themselves and, you know, complaining that they want more and more and more. And I just think that that's why this is a bit of a story, whether that's right or wrong. I think that's, you know, if I, you know, judging by the people that call in when we open up the phone lines about, you know, pedestrian safety, that seems to be what's going on. But you know what? Another thing you have to take into account is uh, the environment downtown is changing. It's changing to an active mode of transportation type environment. Uh, that's one of the reasons that the King Pilot is in place. It's to help uh, more and more people move to the downtown core using public transit. Uh, to be honest with you, the car is a dying breed in the downtown core. It is changing. The reality is we have to be far more cautious in the downtown core because there's more and more people that are walking or cycling in the downtown core. And unfortunately, as a result of that, we are seeing that conflict. And the only way to really stop any sort of conflict, and I use the word conflict because that's really what it boils down to, uh, but technically, I guess you can infer collision as well as part of the conflict. What we see as the biggest challenge, though, is anytime you introduce those groups together, something's going to happen by separating everybody and much like we have on King Street, I'm going to suggest that our collision rates on King Street have dropped tremendously as a result of pulling the cars, or most of the cars, out of that area. Well, yeah, if Why? there's no cars, you can't, you well, know, you're not going to have accidents happen. But you're seeing my point, though. Oh, absolutely. By pulling, like, you by don't. Pulling that one section out, you're making a huge difference on the environment. And the reality is, city is moving towards more and more public transit, more yeah. and more active transportation. But Clint, those public transit, a lot of the lines run above ground too. And if we don't teach our pedestrians and our cyclists how to behave, we're going to hear very soon that it'll switch from the car, which is a dying breed, to TTC vehicles. But you know what? We see TTC vehicles involved in collisions. Uh, and we also have to look at what their drivers are doing at the same time. But at the same time, when we look at the circumstances, in some cases, there are situations where those drivers should have done something earlier or been more aware of what's happening. So we don't critique just one group. Yeah. The fault lies in all drivers. I'm going to tell you right now, there is not a single driver on the road that you can actually call good because 
guaranteed they make mistakes every single Oh, of course. Day. And so do walkers and so do cyclists. I have to yeah, say, Clint, it's, uh, I, I could talk to you all afternoon because I think we could, we could really get into this, but I think we're going to need a couple of fun and tonics if we do. And then, then we're both off the, off the clock. So I got to let you go because I've got to get to some other things, but I okay. appreciate you being so candid and being on the air with us today. Okay. Thank you. Talk to you. Soon. Thanks for being here. Constable Clint Stibby, Toronto Police Traffic Services.